0: Matthew, the 11th chapter, as you know, we've been studying the commandments of the Lord and we've saw that that they are from the King, They're commandments that instead of speaking towards our ability, uh, speak to our hearts, they're not optional. We don't have the right to say do I feel like doing this or do I want to do this? Uh, But when they come from heaven, then we ought to obey them. And uh, the Great Commission tells us to teach all things whatsoever I've commanded you. And we've come today to uh, a great (coughs) admonition from the Lord. Some call this an invitation. Uh, It could be seen as an invitation, but it's not really... An invitation is something you could choose to do or not to do. But it really are commands. And uh, the last three verses of the 11th chapter of Matthew, Come unto me, all you that labor and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. And we looked at that uh, two weeks ago... And we uh, pointed out that it seems to be a little bit different from verse 29 and 30 in that verse 28 is talking about salvation. When we're laboring to be accepted and we're trying to dot the I's and cross the T's spiritually, there's no rest in that. But Jesus Christ it gives us rest in saving our souls. So it's the language of salvation. But when we get down to verse 29 and 30, it seems to be more of the language of discipleship. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me for I am meek and lowly in heart and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And here he's commanding us to do something and instead of him saying I will give you rest, he says "Ye shall find rest unto your souls. And so there's a a bit of a difference and uh, let me just say in starting out that uh, following salvation, I believe that what this lesson teaches today is probably the most important uh, lesson that we can have. There's uh, many people today who are weary as Christians in serving the Lord. And uh, that shouldn't be. And so I think we get things kind of twisted at times. It's kind of it's kind of uh, uh, confusing statement here. He's he's talking about those who were saved, and he, he describes them as laboring and heavy laden and then he says in verse 29 take my yoke upon you go to work (laughs) but again i think it's the difference between discipleship and the language of salvation so let's just break this down a little bit and we'll see where it goes first he says take my yoke and uh, we know that a yoke is something that's used of draft animals. You've seen them before, especially on oxen. It's a bar cross. And, and then and the yoke always implies that there's two, that there's two animals together. And he says the word take has the idea of you picking it up and placing it upon your shoulders to bear. To bear the the, to bear a a load. And so he's asking us to get involved in what he's doing and to make a decision that I'm going to serve the Lord, I'm going to take this upon me, and I'm going to be active in the work of the Lord. And so this idea of let go and let God do it is not what it's saying. It's saying to get involved. And so uh, that, just step back and let God take care of it is is not the thought here at all, but it's to take upon it. And so, as we've said, the yoke, two animals together, uh, and they're pulling together. They carry a burden together and they're brought underneath the master's control. And it implies a yoke, it implies work and sometimes very hard work. Jesus, in this metaphor, is uh, saying. That two work together, and so what he's picturing here is that is that we are not to we're not to. That's something that we need to get hammered into our minds. We're not to work for Him, but to work with Him. And we get this idea, I'm doing all this for the Lord. We've missed the boat. But to work with Him. And actually, with Him being in the yoke, He's carrying the load. He's doing the most of it. Jesus never asked us ever to work for Him. Never has. Never will. And sometimes, you know, in my ministry and and wanting to get people involved, you know, you guys need to do this, you need to do that, you need to do this. And there are some clear commands in the Bible about things to do. But. We present this idea many times that we're working for the Lord. And when we're working for the Lord, uh, you're going to find that you don't have rest for your soul. And it becomes difficult. The yoke that Jesus gives us is always Manageable, it's always uh, doable because he's in the yoke with us. And as I said, he carries the load. This word easy also is an important word. When he says, My yoke is easy. It carries more than just that; it's a light load. But the word "easy" has the idea that it that it's fitted, that it's fitted to you. With draft animals, if one was bigger, or maybe one younger animal was put with an older animal to try to help them learn. And you have to do some adjustments to uh, the yoke. But Jesus here, when he says, my yoke is easy, it means that it's tailor-made for me. That it fits me. And I think that's a very interesting thought. Because oftentimes we try to fit Christians into uh, a cookie cookie-cutter mold. That you should be doing what I'm doing. Now again, let me say that the Bible talks about, gives us specific commands, pray for the Lord of the harvest, and we've already been through lots of commands. But there's a certain cookie-cutter mold idea that we all should be alike. If you're not doing what I'm doing, if you're not showing up for this prayer meeting, or if you're not doing this, if you're not doing this, or whatever, or you're not showing up for this Bible study, then uh, there's something wrong. But let me tell you that just because God has led you to do it doesn't mean He led me to do it. I'm going to say that again. Just think God's leading you to do it, doesn't mean he's leading me to do it. I'll pray for you. I'll back you. But we all have different skills and abilities. We all have different spheres of influence. And we're not all called to do the same thing. back in 40 years ago, and God didn't call every preacher uh, in the Lord 48 to come and pastor in Alaska. But he called me. And so I think that if we're not careful, we can begin to judge what you're doing and see that you are somehow coming up short because you're not doing what I'm doing. And again, I'm not ruling out the specific commands of the Bible. those are That's what we're studying. But it doesn't mean that God's leading me or you in the same way. That this yoke is especially fitted for you. And actually... There are some things that each of you can do better than I can do it. And so we need to watch out there. He says, And in doing that, you shall find rest for your soul. That's interesting because we can be saved, a member in good standing in a local New Testament church, reading our Bibles and participating in worship, and still not have rest in our soul. The Christians can have a come to a place where they're not at rest in their soul. That uh, they are uh, they are getting weary. <laughs> Do not be weary in well doing we can grow weary in well-doing because we're working for the Lord instead of with the Lord. And maybe we need to bow our head more and ask, Lord, what would you have me to do? Because we get sometimes in... Christianity and and church work. You need to do this and this and this and you need to be involved in this and you need to commit yourself to this and you need to do this and this. And if you're not, then you're not really a good productive member. But uh, if it's wearing us out, if serving the Lord is wearing us out, maybe we need to learn how to serve with the Lord. because you'll find rest for your soul. And I'm afraid that many are worried. was a little daily devotion booklet called Our Daily Bread, and H.C. Boss relates this story. A band of explorers in Africa hired some villagers to help them on their journey through the jungle. The group set out and pushed on relentlessly for several days. Finding the tribesmen sat down and would go no farther. When asked the reason, their leader answered, We've been going too fast. We must pause and wait for our souls to catch up with our bodies. Interesting. But you know, sometimes we can be going really fast with the Lord but our souls aren't involved in it. Many Christians who have overextended themselves in a flurry of church activity or other worthwhile pursuits have experienced a similar feeling. Being so preoccupied with helping others then suddenly feel as if they've left behind the most important part of themselves, their soul. They have lost intimate contact with the Lord. If our schedule leaves no time for rest and nurturing our spiritual life, we're just too busy. God does not ask us to be constantly on the go, rushing here and there. Sometimes he wants us to rest a while so that our souls can catch up and refresh for the challenges that lie ahead. And so let me Uh, just suggest some things to you for the weary Christian. These are what I've come up with, so if you don't like it, don't blame somebody I copied my notes from. Number one, we're talking about weary Christians Some suggestions, one, realize that your labor gives you no greater acceptance with God the Father. That's, that's a statement that some of you are going to have to choke down. To realize, to, to read way back there, realize that your labor, realize that your labor gives acceptance with God than any other child of God. Well, you say, Pastor, let's let's prove that. We'll go over to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 6. To the praise, he's speaking to the Christians at Ephesus. To the praise of the glory of His grace, wherein He hath made us accepted in the beloved. We're accepted in Jesus Christ. Even the child of God who's out of the will of God is still loved by God. And is accepted by God. Now, there is an understanding, I hope, that uh, we'll go over to Second Corinthians chapter six. Second Corinthians chapter and look in verse 17 Second 6:17, "Wherefore come out from among them the world, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, and will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. He's not saying he's not talking about working for your salvation but he's talking about when when you as my child live a separated life then I can be the father that I want to be. He's not going to be the heavenly father that blesses us in rebellion but he's but he's still our father. And in fact, you'll see if you go over to Hebrews chapter 12 that when we are in rebellion as his children, he says, in chapter twelve of Hebrews verse four, you have not resisted unto blood striving against sin, and ye have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as your children. My child, my son, despise not the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. And so it says here that he spanks his children. That's not a sign of. Of anger, or in the sense of that's not a sign of rejection, but that's a sign of uh, that we're accepted, <laughs> that he's not going to let his child keep doing wrong, that he spanks us out of love. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth and scourges every son whom he receiveth. And so, I'm not saying, I'm not saying at all here in this statement that, that there's not a time when. When we have God's hand of discipline against us, but I am saying even when God's hand of discipline is against us, us working more and more and more and more and more for the Lord is not going to solve the problem. Yeah. Confession of that sin, if we confess our sin, He's faithful and just to forgive us of sin and cleanse us from unrighteousness. And so somehow we get this idea. If I serve the Lord greater and greater and more and more and more, I'm going to be more accepted by God. No, our acceptance, (laughs) get it down, hammer it into your heart, our acceptance is because of Jesus Christ. That when He sees me, He sees the blood of Jesus Christ. And that when we take the yoke upon us, is because we want to work with him. When I take the yoke upon me is because I want to be in the presence of my savior. And so when you put a one draft animal in the yoke and another one that's younger, he learns that when a certain command is given or pull on the reins, he, he, that animal learns when to turn right. He knows, learns when to stop. He learns where to go to the left. He, he learns the commands and the Savior is leading the way. And we get to look back and, and see, man, look what look what the Lord did. And I was able to be right there a part of it. And He used me. And my soul is not burdened and weary. I find rest to my soul. You understand the difference? I hope you're grasping this because because somehow, somehow we think that we're just not doing enough. But our relationship to Him, once we're saved, on the relationship side, I'm always His. On the fellowship side, I might not be in the yoke working with Him. And I'll find that when I am, (coughs) that there's a real peace to my soul. And people can say, why aren't you doing this? And why aren't you doing that? And how come, how come you're neglecting this? And, and, and you know that I'm right there in the will of God. The greatest place we can be. Even in the midst of a great storm, to be right in the center of the will of God, there's peace to my soul. You see, somehow we preach that salvation is by grace through faith, but acceptance has to be by works. That's not biblical. Let me take you to another outstanding scripture. Go to Luke chapter. And look there in, Lord, Luke chapter 9 covers four pages. Uh, Luke chapter 10, and look down there in verse 38. Now it came to pass as they went that he entered into a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about much serving and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her therefore that she help me. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful, that means anxious, And troubled about many things. But one thing is needful. And Mary has chosen the good part which will not be taken away from her. Hmm. I want you to note there in verse 39 what it says of Martha. What it says is, Martha is this Much serving. Martha was serving the Lord. She was involved in much serving. Man, what a child of God. What a great Christian. Much serving. And a lot of times when you're much serving, what are you doing? I'm doing it all. How come you don't get involved? I'm doing everything and she's cumbered. It says she was cumbered. The idea of cumbered is that she was troubled and anxious and weighted down and driven to be distracted and over occupied and too busy About a thing. And when it says she was careful and troubled, she had anxiety and was troubled. And there was no rest for her soul, she she could find rest for your soul. I think that word find rest for your soul not only implies the Lord gives it, but I think He's saying that we need to hunt for a place. To where what we're doing for the Lord, there's peace and joy and happiness and rest in it. Now I know that when I'm up here behind the pulpit, I don't want to tell any Christian, maybe you're doing too much. Mm -hmm. But maybe you're doing too much. Let me give you another little illustration. A time management expert was speaking to a group of business students. He pulled out one gallon wide mouth jar and set it on a table in front of him and he took about a dozen fist sized stones and carefully placed them one at a time into the jar. With no more rocks would fit inside, he asked the class, is this jar full? And everyone said, yes, it's full. He said, ah, and he reached under the table and pulled out a bucket of gravel. He poured some in in and shook the jar so that the gravel worked its way between the larger rocks. Then he asked, is the jar full? And this time the class was on him and they said, probably not. And he said, good. He reached under the table and brought out a bucket of sand. He dumped the sand in and went into the spaces left between the rocks and gravel. One more he said, is the jar full? And the class shouted, no. He said, good. Then he grabbed a pitcher of water and poured it in until the jar was full to the brim. Then he asked the class, what was the point of the illustration? And one eager beaver said, the point is, No matter how full your schedule is, if you try really hard, you can always fit something more into it. And the speaker said, no, that's not the point. The point is, if you don't get the big rocks in first, you'll never get them in at all. But here's the deal. Oh, the tyranny of the urge! I got to do it. 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 And we get all the gravel and the sand and the water in there. But you can't put the big rocks in. What's the big rocks? To set at the feet of Jesus. To begin your day saying, Lord, what would you have me to do today? you never get it crammed in there. Because the tyranny of the urgent is a very, he's a tyrant. And these urgent things have to be done. And you don't find rest for your soul. But there is, as we see here, it's not saying, don't work at all. When he says, take my yoke upon you, it implies work. And again, he's not applying the idea that let go and let Christ do it all. But he's saying there is a way to serve the Lord. And I, don't, I think we should, that's the wrong term again. There is a way to serve with the Lord and find peace and rest. And so, go with me over to Philippians chapter two. (coughs) Philippians chapter two and verse four. Wherefore, my beloved? And so he's talking to Christians. Beloved. As you've always obeyed, not in my presence only. And so these are people who are obeying the Lord. But now, much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. What's he saying? Works for salvation? No, he says, basically he's saying, that which is in you, the Christianity is in you. The new life is in you. Let it be worked out so the world could see that. Let it be worked out. And so there's a responsibility here. And there's a, even some, some uh, real concern because do it with fear and trembling. But then he says, For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do Of his good pleasure. It's putting the yoke on. And learning of him. And walking with him. That. We must will. To do it. But he enables us to do it. Look over in um, 2 Corinthians chapter 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 5. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God. To be able to do it is not of ourselves. Not pulling ourselves up by our own bootstraps. Not manning up. But actually coming to the place to say, Lord, if you're not working and allow me to work with you, then uh, nothing's happening. Look over in Hebrews chapter 13. Hebrews chapter 13. In verse 20. It's the God of peace that's talking there. And he's talking about the God of peace in verse 20. And he said, May the God of peace make you perfect, that is, mature, in every good work to do his will, working in you that which is well-pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. The God... Is working in us. Huh? What verse was it? Did I give you the wrong verse? Hebrews 13, uh, 20. It's, 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 it says the God of peace. And then 21, make you perfect in every good Well, Working in you, that's, which is well-pleasing. Give you a, a new definition of grace, not with the grace of salvation, but grace is, is both the desire. Both the desire and the ability. It's the grace of God that drew me. God's grace worked in my heart. putting a desire to turn from my sins and turn to Him. And so, God's grace gives us the desire to do something for Him. We're talking about working with Him. But He also gives us the ability to do it. Another, another man says, okay... <clears throat> in the service of the Lord, what, what is my responsibility? What is my responsibility? Well, responsibility is our response to God's ability. Can I go to prison and deliver a message? and be successful? I think we have strange ways of uh, measuring success. What is success anyway? I think success is living in the will of God. Mm-hmm. But uh, I can't, but his ability can. Goliath says, whereunto I also labor, striving according to his working, which worketh in me mightily. John says, I am the vine, ye ear the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. And then he says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me and then he says a little word there and you shall find you shall find rest for your soul you shall find there a There's a town in Northern California by the name of Eureka. Eureka means I have found it. In Northern California, it meant, I found the goal. Eureka! But when we quit working for the Lord to gain, to gain brownie points with the Lord, and we begin to work with the Lord, there's going to come a time that you hey, hey, I've something different. I've I've found rest for my soul. This is what I've been, this is a place that I've been wanting to come to all of my Christian life. We're not saying that we don't have trials and troubles. We're not saying that in the yoke, the, the plow may hit a rock. But we're saying that when we're working with the Lord, He's with us in those times. And thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. When we're yoked with the Lord, we learn to say, you know, if he's stepping this way, that's the way I'm going. And if he's stopping, then that's what I'm doing. And in the very midst of trials and troubles, there can come a peace because... We're working with the Lord. Now the crisis point in this command, the crisis, where we're, where we're faced with a decision, we're, we're faced with a, a line where it's either going to get better or it's going to get worse. You see, when we receive teaching like, like this from the Bible, When we've been presented the truth, when we've been given a command, then there's a crisis point. Well, that's kind of interesting today. And we go and we just keep on doing what we're doing. Or we make some decisions. And maybe we should examine our lives today and say, you know, when I'm serving the Lord, Am I getting weary and well-doing? Am I really serving with the Lord? And have I stopped and asked the Lord, what would you have me to do? And he may say, Mary has done the best part. So you need to get the big rocks in before you put all the gravel and sand and water in, because once they go in, the big rocks get neglected. Don't tell me you don't neglect the big rocks. We need to put that thing which is first, first. But here's here's the crisis point. It requires submission. You get that young bullock, and you're going to take him over there and put him with the oxen, the old one, and you stick him in that yoke, I guarantee you what's going to happen. He ain't going to like it. He may kick. He may throw his head around. He may want to go left when the old oxen's going right. Right. And the quicker that he submits to the old oxen, more peace will come to his life. And so we may need to take a measurement of are we at peace? As a well-standing member of Placaroa Baptist Church, are you getting weary in well-doing? Are you getting weary in serving the Lord? Do You see all these things that need to be done, and, and you're going to jump in there, and you're going to be the one that does it, and, and when you do it, you go home saying, Where are some the other people? Work has to be done. I mean, things can't just be left alone. But please make sure that that's what the Lord's leading you to do. Mm -hmm. Because just because He's leading you in a certain way doesn't mean He's leading me in that way. And there's a real peace that comes to our soul And being in the will of God. But it takes submission. That young bullock is going to have to learn to be submitted. And when he does, he'll realize that this old guy next to him, this old oxen, he knows something. He's been there and he's done that. And the Lord's so much greater, not to be compared to an old oxen, but to the creator and sustainer of life. And he that hath the Son hath life. That he came that we might have life and life more abundant. And I'm afraid sometimes we don't have an abundant life as a Christian because we're serving the Lord instead of serving with the Lord. There's a vast difference. And you need to learn that. And I need to learn that. Because a member of this church years ago who was a song leader and one of the one of the charter members came to me one day and said, I've done this and this and this and this for the Lord, and the Lord has dumped on me. I'm still in the same position I always was, and I never made my money. The Lord's dumped on me. (laughs) It's not about Martha, but it's about Mary. I'm telling you that this uh, this lesson weighs on my heart over my ministry um, more than a lot of them. Commit yourself to serve with the Lord. And ask him, what would you have me to do? And you know what? It may be something he wants you to do that's never ever been done by another church member. But if Jesus goes with me, I'll go anywhere. It's heaven to me wherever I be when he's there. All right? You're dismissed.